Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. My name is John Kelly. I'm here with my good friend, Jeremiah Stringer, sitting in front of his lovely collection of backpacking quilts. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, and I know people want to blow up the comments and tell me that all those quilts are turned the wrong direction, and I have to tell you, you could not be more right. They're completely the wrong direction. <laughs> All the down is falling to the bottom. I'm aware. I'm just too lazy to uh, string them up a different way. But I'll do it eventually, just not tonight. It's okay. We'll just judge you the whole night. It's no big deal at all. Really. <laughs> That's okay, too. I'm used to that. No big deal. No big deal. Well, dude, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited. This is a really, we got some really, a really unique guest tonight because it's not just a guest, it's guests. Yeah, an S on the end, you know, and, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool things going on. Um, something real quick, though. So the I've got a buddy. His name's Darren Wendell. OK, Darren's the guy that got me into backpacking. He's the guy that got me on Kilimanjaro. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that guy now has a fishing YouTube channel. Isn't that cool? Yeah, he's got dude. A fishing YouTube channel. And so like he's got me wanting to go fishing again. So I literally got out my my tackle box and like. All of my rods and stuff the other day, dude. I've got to go fishing now. Like, I'll I've got your this photo. bug. I, I got, I got a bug in me now. I got to get it. I got, it's got to happen. I've got to get out and go fishing. If you want to go fishing, come down my way, Lake Cumberland. I mean, right now, just so everybody knows, if I just disappear out of existence, there's a massive ice storm coming across Kentucky at the moment, and I could lose <laughs> electricity at any second. That would but, be both of us on that one. Yeah, on a good bad. day. You have to come down my way, man, and we can fish Lake Cumberland because, I mean, it's a fishing lake. Yeah. Maybe we got maybe. Jeremy from Midwest Backpacker says, ice fishing? No, I'm good, man. <laughs> not not quite uh, that cold. I, I, I'm good, bro. I, I, I'm, <laughs> it's cold enough here. I saw your last backpacking video. You guys are good. You guys it's are good. It's too, too cold up there. Yeah, I think those guys just got done doing a trip where they were in negative 27-degree weather. Yeah, they're insane. God, they've lost their minds completely, but uh, we've got a we've got a sponsor for tonight, Jeremiah. We got a great oh. sponsor for tonight, uh, a sponsor that both of us we have a lot of gear from them, and that sponsor is Hilltop Packs, and our good friend Mister Ben McMillan over there at Hilltop Packs. Uh, I don't know about you, man, but one of the things I love about this about Hilltop Packs is is the customization that they have of their gear. Like, look at this. I got my chair point five right here with my cool little logo on it, you know, with, with my bag with the logo on it. And he made me a food bag. Check this thing out. Oh, right there. Hey, look at this. <laughs> oh, that's a nice sweatshirt you're wearing. That's nice. I like that. But, uh, but you know, I love the fact that like Ben has figured out a way to print on Dyneema in a way where it doesn't fade. I've yes. got one, one bear bag. It's almost two years old now. And, it doesn't fade at all. Like there's nothing coming off of it. Uh, killer gear. He sells it at a great price. And Ben himself is just a good guy. Yeah. I have quite a bit of his gear. I'll show a couple of pieces right now. 
these are my two food bags. I have a small one that I just take on overnights and then a bigger one that will fit a few days worth of food. So he said, he said he saw me on a trip and he's like, oh, Jeremiah wasn't using my uh, Hilltops bag I sent him. And he was like, I know, I'll send him a bigger one. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's a wise choice, Ben, because that one, I was like a three-day trip and I needed a bigger bag. And so now, absolutely perfect. And you're right, he can print on Dyneema and he makes these Dyneema backpacks as well. And uh, you can pretty much get printed anything you want on there. Not just uh, backpacks and food bags, but all kinds of stuff. Bear hanging bags, steaks, like if you want a little Dyneema bag to put your steaks in, battery bags, ditty bags for electronics. And he makes a killer backpack called the Raven. Oh, it's a backpack. It is really nice. Well, and Ben happens to be on tonight. And as we mentioned, he's a really nice guy. Well, Ben even says he's funny too. So <laughs> yeah, and very modest. Yeah, we're very modest. We're thankful to have Ben on here. Ben, thank you so much for sponsoring the video tonight and sponsoring the live stream. Uh, we definitely, definitely appreciate you doing that for us. Uh, so Jeremiah, let's talk about crazy people for a second. Yes, I know some crazy people that's going to let, join us tonight. Let's talk about some people who it's two parents with four kids who decide they're going to go for the hikers triple crown. Yeah. Yeah. It started in 2018, right? Yeah. I mean, you talk about some people who, uh, who either one, they just love to hike or two, they just love to be miserable. I don't know which one I'm, I'm going to go with one because we met them for just a few minutes beforehand and they seem to really like being around each other. Uh, the, their names, Vince, Monica, Aiden, June, Henry, and Georgie. And tonight with us, we've got Vince and Aiden and Henry. Let's welcome in the Strawbridge family. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thank great. you, man. It is so good to have you guys here. We've already got one person saying the Strawbridge family are amazing. <laughs> well, thank Sweet. you. So, so question, so, question for you guys. This has to be answered. Are are you actually out of your minds, or do you just love to hike? I think we're out of our minds. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that um, I think that you might be right, but I also think that from watching, see, you all are documenting your um, experiences, right? You started this we YouTube. Are. So take us through a little bit of, of how this whole thing started uh, from your all's first through hike to now you're, you're trying to complete the triple crown. Well, I guess that's probably better for me to answer. We, uh, uh, let's see, we, we were in 2008. You may remember that there was a housing market crash. So <laughs> yes, I might've been in an industry related to that. Now, un, 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 disconnected is I was in another industry. You might remember it was related to technology and I was in San Francisco right about that crash. So there's sort of a, a you know, there's a pattern that develops. But when the housing market crashed, we had a lot of money. We owed a lot of people a lot of money. So we we're trying to figure out what we could do. And we couldn't justify a vacation because I was trying to pay everybody back. I didn't want to go bankrupt. I want to pay all my subcontractors. So. We spent a lot of time working at that, but you know, how do you go on vacation and say, Hey, I heard the Strawbridges were on a cruise and they owe me money. So I didn't want to do anything like that, but nobody's mad at you if you're sleeping on the ground. And we had some friends that were into backpacking and they started inviting us along. So we did that. Um, and my wife 
always has liked walking pointlessly and aimlessly and would invite me along. And I'd say, that sounds really dumb if I'm not chasing a ball. So uh, at some point, it was very evident that she was into this thing. Like she really liked it. She enjoyed going. And then uh, we, we took a loop hike in 2017, I want to say, up in the Smokies, walked about 64, 65 miles, and the kids got stronger every day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know that through hike you've been talking about, Monica? Why don't we just uh, why don't we just take the kids and go? So it was perfect. So that was about 2017. Uh, I'm, I had a good sort of uh, hurdle that I thought we'd never overcome. Walked, walked back, you know, kind of went back home. Went to a uh, Aiden was my oldest. She was in a four-year high school program, continuous, you know, program that was pretty pretty rigorous. And I thought, well, at least I'll have an out because I'll go talk to the principal, and she'll say, no way, you can't go, you know, you can't take her out and come back. And the principal said, oh yeah, that sounds like a great opportunity. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess we're going. So the first hike was just a once in a lifetime opportunity. We're never going to do that again. Um, and we didn't even, I mean, I didn't have any high expectation that we would make it. I didn't know what to expect, you know, having gone 64 miles is the furthest we'd ever been, but we showed up there. Um, this is pretty good too. We show up there at, you know, walk into the Canadian border on the Northern end of the PCT. And that's when I realized that we were with the, um, experienced hiker crowd because the Sobos are the ones that know they have a tight window. I did not know we had a tight window. I just showed up with my kids and started walking. Uh, and we were going southbound just because of the uh, the school calendar. Because we had, you know, we, we got to start later, you know, after school ended that way. So that's how it all started. We just did the PCT, came home, head in a cloud, you know, all that hiker, hiker, you know, malaise that you have when you come home from something that's that significant. And then um, actually it was the Bennett family. Uh, talking about hiking the triple crown and i was just like yeah that's that's what we need to do why aren't we doing that so i i texted her and i said yeah i think you've i think you've caused a problem for me because now i got to go talk to my wife about <laughs> about hiking a triple crown and that was a lengthy conversation I uh, imagine <laughs> yeah i would say over the course of several months uh but finally she came around to the idea and and then you know, but I went for I went for the whole triple crown right away. I didn't pitch it as just one more trail. I was like, let's go for both, and figured why not do the CDT first? It's the hard. We thought it's the hardest, uh, or we had heard it was the hardest. So we're like, let's get that one out of the way first, because you know, don't leave that one hanging for last. So go ahead and jump on that one. So we did the CDT then in 2020, uh, mostly southbound, a little bit of a flip flop due to some uh, coronavirus. Uh, closures of glacier national park so that's how it all started and honestly we were uh weekend warrior pack into a base camp and do day hikes before we stepped out of the car to walk the pacific crest trail so wow, wow. that's crazy that's awesome aiden I, what <clears throat> aiden what did you think whenever uh he went in and talked to your principal i i really didn't think he had a chance <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, it is a strict school, so I was surprised. They're not allowed to let anybody go out and come back in. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, and I was kind of mad too, because I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't have to, I'll have to hang back a year. I'll have to come back as a junior and be a year behind all my friends. And, but I did it and it was worth it. So, 
Wow. That's incredible. Now, Henry, I, I have to let you know, somebody's commented on here, and this is important that you see this. They said, I listen to them on Backpacker Radio. They're great, especially Henry. So, Henry, my question for you is, why are you so great? Um, I don't know. <laughs> probably because I was, like, contradicting most of what, like, everybody else said. They would all be like, it's the greatest trail, and I was kind of more inclined to say the opposite so i was just like i was i was i was the he one hated who, hiking he hated hiking Hen yeah, I, yeah. I didn't like henry's that. tagline <laughs> henry's tagline if he had one on the pacific crest trail we'd we'd climb this amazing vista we'd hit the top of this pass we'd be looking at 360 degrees all around mountains rolling off into the mist and be like man isn't this amazing and henry'd say i've seen better <laughs> Every time. <laughs> that's awesome so did y'all give him a, a funny name to go along with that you should have no, no we yeah. we kept holding out for uh for trail names you know to be given from the outside but we were we were such a you know nobody really you might think other people through hikers would want to walk with a family but it didn't really happen that much <laughs> So we didn't get many names. If I had given him a name, it would have been Trail Gator because I counted in one minute he stepped on my heel 13 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> How does that happen? Walk close behind him, I guess. Yeah. He was 12. I said, yeah, I, I said, it was partly yeah. intentional at that age. You think no, it was it intentional? intentional? No way. No. He just couldn't put together that we were all going to end up at the same place at the same time anyway. And it didn't matter if he walked two feet ahead and right on my heel, but he did it the whole time. I was wondering, I was wondering like how, how much y'all had to stay together, especially having the kids. Like if I backpack with my wife, we stick together. But if I backpack with my friends, sometimes you don't see them like from the time you leave camp to the time you get to the next one. Yeah, I would say on the Pacific Crest Trail, we started together and my wife was pretty intent on being within eyesight of mm. everybody. We hadn't been more than 10 miles from a road in any of our backpacking experiences, maybe, maybe, maybe a little further, but not much. So when we went, when we get, when we were in Washington, she was very careful and nervous about that. But, you know, by the time we were in Southern California, the kids were walking, you know, we'll see at lunch, like it, they would be two miles out, out ahead of us and all that stuff. So flash forward to the CDT and we didn't, you know, we, we wouldn't see each other for hours. So it was like, we it met was, up at lunch. Yeah. Normally we would separate out into groups or by yourself and then meet at lunch. Wow. Now with, with Georgie being so much younger, uh, was was there somebody with her at all times? Pretty much, I'm assuming. Not 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 really. Um, where you know you would think like, I guess you know you wouldn't think you're a backpacker. Yeah. Um, but a person who doesn't backpacks might think that the place you would be nervous is back in the woods, away from every everybody and everything. The places we were nervous was nearer towns, nearer roads, those kind of things. So if we were on a stretch that was 150 miles or hundred miles or whatever, and we, there weren't a lot of crossroads, we weren't very nervous about her. Um, because at a certain point there, you know, the, the trails, some of these trails are very intuitive and the kids are really good at, at keeping an eye on it. Uh, so we didn't ever feel really terribly uncomfortable, uh, with her walking by herself. Now, 
um, they tend to they tend to group up. Aiden, Aiden, Georgie, and Henry walk together. They're kind of the stronger walkers. Um, and then Monica likes to walk by herself, and June and I walk in the back together. So now, did you kids ever do anything on purpose that like gave them a fright, like hid from them, or like made them think that uh, there's something fishy going on? No, not that I remember. We we would always try to like scare each other, like come out from behind a bush and jump at somebody and scare them. <laughs> but if it, yeah, if you got behind, you'd you'd try to look for look for a surprise because we would always try to surprise each other. But <laughs> we yeah. did have we did have yeah. uh yeah my cousin my my nephew came with us on the through Montana. And he was pretty high level. So he walked with us about a thousand miles and he was pretty high level uh, oblivious in some ways, you know, so he'll be, he would, so the, the kids, he would walk in the front with Aiden and Henry and they would see a junction coming and they would walk out ahead of him. They'd get ahead of him, walk past the, you know, walk past the turn and watch him to see if he'd make it. <laughs> Always like, the wrong way. Every time the trail has a, just a turn from, like if the trail going straight and the CDT goes one way, the trail is more uh, trodden that way. Then he'll always go that way every time. Like no matter what happens, like he'll just always. Mom always it. did the same thing. Like on a road walk, if you're supposed to get back on trail at a certain point, she'd just keep walking down the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She has a tail. It's a double track. If you go double track to single track, uh, she she misses it every time. So at a at a point on the CDT, we started setting up arrows. And then we had to start setting up bigger arrows so she'd have to step over them because <laughs> for the turn. Otherwise, she'd walk past them. So double track to single track, she would miss every time. Oh, John, hey, John, tell them about you um, on that rope walk on the shell toey. Oh. <laughs> tell them about that. Okay, so um, so I did the shell toey trace here in Kentucky. Uh, obviously, nowhere near the length of the trails that you guys did. Uh, I think – we ended up hiking like 300 and I think it's 323 miles was, was the trail. And, uh, I was coming out of the woods one time and I walked out and I looked to my left. I looked to my right and over to the left, I saw uh, a blaze. And so I turned left and I followed the blaze. And a mile later, I got on my satellite stuff and looked to see what was going on and realized somebody moved the blaze and put it the wrong direction. I literally walked a mile in the wrong direction and had to turn all the way back around and come back. So I had an extra hour added onto my hike that day. Um, actually, it wasn't quite an hour because it was road walking. But yeah. I hate road walking. So it was like I had to spend an extra you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that, road walking when I could have just been back on the trail at some point. Um, and so I actually ended up, it was somebody took it and hammered it to a phone uh, telephone pole. So I actually pulled it off the telephone pole and took it and set it somewhere on a tree or something and sent a message to the, uh, the trail association and just let them know what happened. So if they didn't know, I let other people know it was just, there's not many times when I've been hiking where I'm just really glad there weren't a lot of people around me at the time. Oh, that was probably yeah. one of those times. That was probably oh, one of those yeah. times. Now I, I, hate, do have a, I hate wrong turns. I, I do have a question for Aiden. Okay. You're an oldest, you're an oldest child. Yeah. And younger brothers and sisters can tend to be frustrating at times. You did months on end with little escape from your siblings. Were there just days where you got back to camp and it was like, I think I'm just going to go get in my tent and just kind of avoid everybody. 
Oh yeah. She's in a tent with me though, so it's. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly an escape since we share everything. But yeah, if I I was thinking about that lately, is if I got mad, I mean I really had no choice but to make it up. Like I wasn't gonna see anybody else. Like especially yeah. on the CDT, it was so isolated. There was nobody going southbound this year, so it was like. I have no choice but to talk to them again. It's not like I can't talk to anybody. I'm too social for that. So did you all pick up uh, a lot of stragglers or, uh, I mean, I watched some of your videos and it seems like there's people that wanted to go with you, but I wanted to know you're saying not many people wanted to hike with a family. Did you all happen to uh, join up with some other people at any point and, and do some stretches with other groups or anything like that? We, we do have, we, we have a few and they're notable because they're sort of the exception, right? Like, so, uh, but on the CDT, we were stronger hikers. And so we tended to walk a little, you know, a little more at pace with the people around us. That was part of the problem on the PCT probably was that people were faster than us. So they just keep, you know, they'd blitz by us. Um, and we would catch them just because the old, you know, slow and steady wins the race because we're not single. None of us are single looking for a town to party in. So, so, so we just kept walking. So the, the best, probably the best of those examples would be this guy named, uh, he was, uh, what was the name? They were the Royal family. His name, he went by the King and we, we saw them in Washington and everybody that passed us, we'd be like, well, never see them again. Well, never see them again. Well, about Northern California, we're walking and there is the sun behind a person's head. And we hear this sort of exhale and an expletive. And he's like, where did you guys come from? And we're like, oh, it's the king. And he's like, how did you catch us? It's like 400 miles later, you know? So we caught, we caught up to people just because we were so persistent. We didn't take any time off in towns and all that stuff. Now, in, in his defense, he's from New Zealand and he'd been sick. So he'd been taken, uh, he'd been taken Advil and Advil PM is not available in New Zealand. So he'd been taking a, a medicine that was putting him to sleep for about 400 miles. So he had a disadvantage in terms of uh, his walk. But uh, in, in, the, in the mountains through the Sierras, we had a, um, there was a, um, a girl named So Good uh, that caught us in Red's Meadows. We knew a storm was coming in and she said, hey, there's safety in numbers. You mind if I walk with you guys? So we got to walk with her for about six days. Um, but we would overlap with people a little bit. On the CDT, we had some of the hikers, some of the southbound hikers we would hike with uh, for a little more extended two, three days, maybe a section. Uh, so it was a little more so on the CDT. But the people that would come out and join us are people from home. They just kind of get excited about the idea of us, you know, going and they just want to show up and do a couple of days on the trail with us, which is really, you know, ultimately it's a very bad idea to try to join a through hiker who's in their stride. Right. And so we just put them, we just put them through it for two days and then they go rest up at a hotel and recover. So <laughs> yeah, they don't have their hiker legs yet. That's for sure. It, no, it not almost always starts as a joke. Like, uh, hey, wouldn't it be funny if they came out with us? Yeah. <laughs> yep, so, and then all of a sudden, yeah. do you all loan them gear? And then they, they just show up and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm out here in it. Are they typically a backpacker? Or are they just like, oh, my cousin, they, they want to come hang out for a little while? It depends. I think I'm trying to think. Um, 
we have i think people have turned into backpackers to join us and they they do buy gear and they sort of get geared up or they borrow gear from backpackers at home to come stuff like that so yeah yeah when 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 our cousin came for that thousand miles he hadn't done any any real hiking before like they that family doesn't get out for like overnight stuff like they do day they did a lot of day hikes Mm -hmm. like they had been to like king's canyon and places like that before i think but yeah i mean it it was a first time for him but you know he does he does high school cross country and he was strong so we were like well yeah yeah." he's just yeah he's He's really athletic yeah very cool so got a great question for you guys was there ever a dad moment when you had to say don't make me turn this group around (laughs) Oh yeah, there's lots of those. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's um, sometimes I don't I don't know. It's you know it's so funny because um, it, it it's very confounding to run into the comments that say you guys are so amazing, and I think you know we're we're really not. Like if you caught us out there at the right moment, you might think so, but but there's a lot of moments you could catch us in. It's not quite so amazing. It's just the regular stuff, you know. It's it's teenagers are teenagers and parents are parents and and it's just not easy um but yeah there have been times when i thought what what have we done like what like we got to get out of here so probably first 300 miles on the pct that was every day for about two hours like what have i done this was a bad idea um and then since then there have been moments but most of them are connected to injury uh i would say yeah i would say most of them are connected to injury uh, so my wife's feet got really bad and I just thought we got it. We got to do this in terms of the, the drama of the kids losing it and everybody going after each other and all that stuff. There's a great book. I don't know if you've read it. What is it? Walking to listen. It's called, uh, and it's a, it's a coming of age story. This, 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 uh, guy graduates from college. He can't find any, uh, he can't find anybody to accept his thesis for a master's. So he says, well, I'll just go write it myself. So he walks out his door and somewhere in new England and he walks the country and it's, there's this one line in there that or it's one description that I really like where he talks about the luxury of the walk is that you don't have to hurry with your emotion. Um, you can, you can do hate walking. If you're, if you're hate, just, just hate, hate for three days. If you're hurt, hurt. If you're, if you got, if it's all joy, just be joyful for three or four days. Who cares? And I thought, man, we got time. So it really was a fun framework to approach that thing with. Like if, if Aiden's mad and being a jerk, not that that would ever happen, but if that happened, (laughs) she, she, I don't have to rush. I don't have to rush the recovery. Like I can just let that kid be a kid and, and lose it. And, you know, so the parenting and the discipline, it's so much easier once you say, I got time for all this stuff. Henry's you know? smiling behind you right now, by the way. You yeah. said that. And there's just a big grin on his face back there. Can you think yeah. of a specific Te- time? <laughs> tell us, tell us about this grin. I got to hear what this grin is about. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's just, I don't know. He's, he's like, it's, it, yeah, it's just a lot easier for him to parent us out there and we, we don't have much to do and it's just even if you're annoyed or like angry at someone then you can just and you go walk for two miles by yourself and then you're fine you come back you're all right i did have like, a dad moment. i'm thinking of a dad moment with henry 
Do you remember? <laughs> this was it was at the roller coaster. Do you remember? Is the roller coaster day? Oh, and he kept going and going and going. That one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we woke. So we wake up. We got twenty four mile day, and we woke up a little late. And we 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 took a twenty four mile day. There was just nasty water for all morning, and then we climb up this ravine, follow this cut, and it was the wrong way. Uh, so then I was like, "Well, we got to get wrong. back to trail." So we go straight up the side of a mountain to get back to the cliff. Like so, we got kind of go up this rise, and then we hit the top of this thing. We thought, uh, looking at the elevation chart, that it was a reasonable day, but that's because the elevation chart we were looking at were zoomed. A little, we weren't zoomed in quite tight enough because it would change. It would go up 200, 200 yards and then come down 200. It was just up and down. And they call it the roller roller coaster. And that's coming in. I don't know where it's somewhere it in Montana. It's the weirdest thing. It really is like you're walking along the top yeah, ridge. Dry. Of connecting of all these connecting mountainous yeah, they're just... sections. It's so weird. Like you would stand at a point and you could be like you could have a big valley down on your right and a big valley down on your left, and there'd be another one like going off that way it so was terrible it was it was just a ridge walk you know it's kind of no trees everywhere. no trees it was all rocks and grass yeah, it was really hot really hot, hot exposed the, the one water yeah. source we had that day was like 200 yards down the hill yeah that's right yeah that that's right that we had was barely going so we had eight miles to water which i thought we'll hit that mid-morning and then, and then we had 17 miles to water, something like that. I, I, th- uh, it couldn't have been that because it was 24 mile a day. No, it, it was it, in the teens. The anyway, it count. doesn't matter. The point is, we don't hit this water source until about noon, and we've still got we got to make 24 miles, and that's only our first eight miles. And we come to the water source, and it's a it's a jog down the hill. It's probably maybe half a mile down there to it's a cattle too. tank. It's really steep. Yeah, yeah, steep, nasty climb. And I get there. And Henry is laying down against a, against a barbed wire fence with his with his umbrella over his head. The only shade he can have is the what he can make. And his mom's my wife is walking up the hill with a black water bladder, like you know one of these two and two and a half liter water bladders. And I said, Henry, are you do you have your water full? No, that's my water. And I was like, you. I'm done. I'm done, boy. Walk down that hill and get water and fill it up because we're in a hurry. My, my uh, second daughter, June and I are struck. Like she just was struggling that day. And I said, you, you could have been back up here. We could have been cooking. We could have been out of here and gone. You need to think about other people. And I just about lost it. I about lost it on him. I'd, I'd have sent him down the hill. He was like, he, I, I haven't, he doesn't respond. Like, this is Henry's response to discipline, right? I'm sure we'll this offend people right crazy. here. This is terrifying to say. <laughs> this is we spank our children. I know it's terrible. Oh. Not anymore. They're older now. We used to. So Henry one day earned one. This is his. Those are the way he responds to discipline normally. He walks out of the room and turns around and goes, whew, dad. Mom just gave me a pretty good one. <laughs> he was proud. Give <laughs> her congratulations. So that's his response to this one. But this day, when I lit into him, I could tell that he had he got the vision of what I was mad about, and he was like, "I didn't even think about it." <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I wasn't even involved. Yeah. So, so you, you all, that, was a, that was maybe the worst dad moment that I've had with 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 an animal. Hey, if that's the worst, man, you're doing great. 
<laughs> You're doing great. I've got two three-year-olds. And I can tell you right now, I can't hike two miles with them right now because uh, every what little hair I have left will be gone, you know, before, <laughs> before we got done. So that's awesome, man. So you all, I found it very interesting. I was watching some of y'all's food prep, and I, I do want to talk to you about food. Um, but I was curious why you all normally people take like a quick lunch and keep it moving, but it seems like you all like to stop and take a break. And you just mentioned, Hey, we, we hit water eight miles in, we could have cooked. So, um, you prefer to cook more during the midday and take breaks. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, uh, most through hiking people do, but to me, it makes a lot more sense, right? You're wearing your body out, pushing as far as you can every day. Um, and you're through hike, you're, you're hiking at night if you have to. So cooking at night is no fun. Yeah. It's, it's cold. It's dark. All you want to do is fall on the ground and sleep. You're worn out. So last thing on your mind is cooking. So at some point, and I don't know why I, you know, I think it was probably cause our feet were so sore mm -hmm. that we I just wanted we a longer. Yeah. We just wanted recovery. Yeah. And so we'd sit down in the middle of the day for two hours and we just started cooking and my gosh, Again, we're six people. That's a slow moving train. You try right. to get you, you try to get this thing doing anything. It's very difficult. So if we cooked in the morning, it would take us two and a half hours to get out of out of camp. So now we just get up, walk, eat a bar, make a little trail shake, whatever. Just keep rolling. Yeah. And then that way we can sit down at lunch for however long we have to. And you can tighten it up too. It gives you a little little leeway in the middle of the day. If we can, if we're going well, if we're on good pace we'll stretch that thing into two hours. Historically, what happens is if we're racing a, a weather window, like we had to on the PCT, we start tightening that lunch window up because not only do you run into um, weather windows, but you also the days are getting shorter if you're going on a southbound. So you just don't have as much time to walk. So, you know, when, once you get to about 11 hours of daylight, 10, 10 11 hours of daylight, you really got to push it. So, yeah. That makes sense. We actually have a question about food. Uh, Jason Wish, he was wondering, what are some foods that you may have enjoyed on the PCT and CDT, but now don't ever want to eat again? Pop-Tarts. 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 Never. Never. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like cardboard these days. <laughs> yeah. What, what else? else? Um, I know one. Like oh, I know a one. lot of uh, – Instant mashed potatoes, I hate now. Oh, I yeah. just can't stomach those. those, those are are gross. I saw some, I, I babysit a lot, and I saw some in somebody's pantry the other day, and I was like, they eat these in regular life? That, what, what kind of person? That is disgusting. You know, you know what's funny? I can't, I went, I came home and did a short backpacking trip with some friends, and I made, I went, we, it was Monica, yeah, Monica and I went with another couple. And we went camping and I made some of the backpacking food that I had been loving on the PCT. And I just, I could not put it in my mouth. I was like, what is wrong with this? And then I ate it again on the CDT and I liked it. I think you got to get good and hungry to eat some of the stuff we're willing to eat. Yeah. Did y'all figure out any foods that uh, you thought were going to be a no-go from home? And then you got out on the trail and you're like, hmm, maybe I do like this. Um, How about you? I think I that... That trail shake he mentioned, it's um, oh. it's instant milk, instant chocolate yeah. powder, and instant PB fit, like that peanut butter protein powder. Yeah, 
Okay. And it, it's not amazing at home. Like it's, it's okay. He drinks it at home. It's, but it's yeah, it's not good at home. But when you're on trail and you sit down for lunch, it's, it's like it's just so much protein and calories you just want to eat it especially if you get it with like fresh cold water it's really great and and it's like depending on how large you make it it can be up to like 400 calories yeah so we do a lot of bartering on trails so we'll come into town and we'll go through the box and pack pass things out roughly evenly but i remember one time on trail i knew henry was he hated we found some we found some flavored snickers i don't know if you've had them I never heard of that. They were weird flavors. Like jalapeno like, flavored Snickers. Oh, I was. What? I loved it. I was. I wanted it bad. Gross. So, but I had one of the regular Snickers, and Henry was dying for it. So, I was like, <laughs> Henry, what are you? What are you going to give me for this Snickers? And finally, looked at me. He's like, and he had a two. He had two flavored Snickers, and he and he was so close to trading me. He's like, I just, I just can't give up the calories, Dad. <laughs> oh my god! And he, he, he's come to hate Cliff bars. I think. Yeah, I don't like Cliff Bars. Anymore. I'm right there with you, Henry, like a thousand percent. I, so I, I did Kilimanjaro a few years back, and we had I probably ate like I felt like 250 of those just in that week, and I have had two since 2016. <laughs> like that's it. I won't touch those things. I'm yeah. right there with you, Henry, hundred percent. So how have you had the builder bars though? I like oh, the builder bars. So cliff builder, yeah. It says cliff on it, so I just kind of avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> before before you give up, give the builder bar a give the them mint, a try. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Those are really good. <laughs> so who decides all this food that I, I see you all mailing boxes like priority and you can bounce them along and you all have a whole system. And I'm curious, like who like you all assign jobs of who's packing what boxes and then like who's shipping them out, who has this job, who has that job, and who decides what food's in there. Because if you divvy it up, then uh, I, I just don't know who decides ahead of time. Well, we're getting better. We're, we're getting better and better at it. Yeah. And we I have third time's the charm. In this we'll find out. We, I think so. Jury's out. Like, we'll find out if the third time is the charm. We have shown up into town and been like, we, didn't we send tortillas? Weren't there tortillas coming to this town? So yeah. we just kind of have to make do. But uh, but I I put a I put a little chart on the side of the boxes, and the kids go down and and you know I say just fill fill the boxes with what we've got in, um, Costco, and uh, and other Amazon. like Costco and Amazon basically determine what goes in the boxes. <laughs> so whoever delivers yeah. first, whatever's delivers. cheapest, and we can get in bulk, we get it in. So, so then we, then we start, uh, then we just sort of stack them. And then once, once a box is full, we stack them and we mark what's in the box on the side. And then once it's full, we move on to the next box. So that's how we do that. But nobody has a specific job. I just shouted out, Henry, you're on hygiene. No, I can't do that because there wouldn't be anything in the box. (laughs) But if I say, I'll say, you know, see what we got in from Costco and just start putting it on, in on all the sections, all the boxes and stuff. So. Uh, somebody wanted to, to give you the comment here that you definitely get the dad of the year award. So, well, Dan, I, I I'm going to tell you there. I, I thought that that was true, but I'm going to dispel that rumor for you. <laughs> so I finished the CDT. My head was in a daze. This is the second long trail, you know? Uh, and, and what kind of, what kind of dad must it take to do such an amazing thing? <laughs> and, <laughs> And I'm, I'm very filled with, with the glory of myself and, and 
I just was reflecting and I would have said the hardest thing the entire time of the trail. I, actually, let me back up because when I finished the PCT, I would have said the trail's not done with me yet and it's not done with June yet. That's my second daughter. And there's just more, there's more for us out there. I didn't, I didn't reflect well. I didn't, I mostly was busy, you know, managing emotion, managing experience, managing resupply, managing lists. I mean, it was just busy. And I so didn't, you came back from the PCT pretty exhausted. I, I came back pretty worn out and, and I just didn't have the kind of hike that I was dreaming, the beautiful hike that I was dreaming. Everybody else got it, you know, but I had to be the manager. In June, I would have said, she's just, just something else. Like there's more out there for her. So she was kind of some of the inspiration for the CDT for me. Um, and we got out there and I expected this euphoric sort of like, we're going to, you know, we're going to tackle all the challenges. It's going to be beautiful. I've unlocked the problem because poor June, she's the caboose, right? Like she's the slow one. Somebody's got to be the slow one. And you're only as fast as your slowest. So I thought I got it unlocked. June's going to lead every day for two weeks. She's going to lead. She's going to lead at the start of the trip. She's going to, we're going to build into strength as she builds into strength. And then we'll all sort of be strong together. And that was okay. It worked pretty well. She got better and better and better. And then she just dove off a cliff. Like it was unbelievable. Like she couldn't, we could, I, we could not climb a hill faster than like one and a half miles an hour. I was just like, can we please move? Like we have places to go. We got to get to Mexico. We got to beat the snow. And I was just getting mad. Well, I did overcome that to some degree. Like at some point I overcame that and said, well, she's a part of the family. The flavor of our family is not whole without this awesome kid, you know, beautiful philosophical recovery. I'm sure make it to Mexico. <laughs> and then I get home and then we take June to the doctor and get blood work done. And turns out the doctor, the doctor says, this is a direct quote. I, you know, I'm surprised she doesn't have trouble breathing. She's severely anemic. Wow. And I thought, oh, oh my God. <laughs> You're a horrible dad. Yeah, that's why I said, Dan, I'm Dan, I'm sorry. I'm a terrible dad. Well, and and it was it was gutting. It was very gutting yeah. for quite a while. But June took it well. She marched around the house for about three days going, I walked the whole CDT and I was severely anemic. You made me <laughs> you were so mad. <laughs> you made me walk three thousand miles, severely anemic. That was the topic of conversation for about three weeks. Oh, it was yeah. great. That was wow. great. Wow. So, so yeah, so Dan, I'm sorry. I appreciate I appreciate the thought, but it turns out you're, <laughs> you're not quite right. Is she fully recovered now and planning on doing the AT with you guys? She just got her results. Back. Yeah, she got some numbers. They're very, they're a lot higher. We still have her on iron and B12. And so her numbers are coming way up. Yeah. Um, and so now so you've got to time, treat it on the trail, right? So now you've, you've got a plan in place at least oh, yeah. of what to do on the trail that you didn't even know about before. Yeah, we're addressing it with nutrition, and it should have been an indication, you guys. I don't know. <laughs> should have been an indication when she was only eating ramen. And that's all that maybe there was going to be a problem with yeah, her that nutrition. Was, that was dumb. Oh, wow. Mom, mom knew something was up. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else, but dad. What so, she yeah, needed so, was a cheeseburger every meal. We, oh, oh yeah, exactly. She would do all right in town. She can, she can crush it in town, but on trail, she just, she locks down and won't eat. So we're working on it. We're working on that. Well, nice. I have, I, I know you're a little older, but I have a question for the kids. Um, uh, Oftentimes I find myself looking at things through like my teacher lens, if you will, because my day job, I spend all day with like 15, 16 year old, 18 year old kids. And it seems like they're like literally 
you know, their phone is glued to their face. And I was born in 92, so I'm still pretty young. But my generation, it's almost the same thing. And I was wondering if you all have noticed anything different about you guys since you went through these experiences versus some of your friends, especially when it comes to how you look at social media and and how much you use technology. Well, we've never exactly it wasn't exactly an open gate for us to just use technology whenever we wanted i mean i was the first one to get a phone and that was only because i was going to school 30 minutes away from home when i hit high school so um i mean it i, I we, we've always been kind of yeah, distanced from it distance from technology more than other kids but i think the trails of like it definitely it definitely opens your mind to it for like sure we come we come back and I notice that more. I'm like, we can just sit here and talk like we do on the trail, but your, your phone's in front of you. How yeah. do I talk to you? Yeah. I've like started, just... I've started to notice like if, if an awkward moment comes up in conversation with my peers or with people younger than me, it's always, you know, they pull out the phone, they, they do something, but we're pretty good at, you know, addressing it. I don't know. We can, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. They're good at it because they don't have them. Well, Aiden has a phone. Henry doesn't even have a phone. So we're just kind of, we're we're not anti-technology, but we just don't, we don't have it around. But I I would be interested. I I think the question is, um, do you feel like you're different from other kids that are your age in the use of technology? But part of what you're saying is that you are anyway. Part of it. But also the trail adds anyway, but I think the trail does. Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, social, social media is really big in our generation and I've never had it, but I can tell that I don't think I ever want it, especially not like the stuff that's like instant message reply, you know, pictures all the time. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe Instagram would be as far out as I went, but you know, yeah, that that instantaneous stuff kind of scares me a little. I think it I think it would be addicting for me, and I think it'd be better just to stay away from it. That makes and sense. I don't, I don't know how much of the that the trail has to do with that, but I think it it helps. <laughs> I got you. So somebody has a really interesting question. They also have a really interesting name. The Pizza Ninja wants to know <laughs> uh, what's your favorite trail games to play with the family while backpacking. Trail. Do you have any? Uh, June carried a card deck for the CDT. We didn't use it very often, mostly in town, which is kind of opposite to the point of carrying a card deck. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we played we play a word game sometimes. Like, is that a spelling game? Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. a spelling game. You start, you start. Somebody says a letter, and you form a word, but you don't want to ever end a word. But everybody's everybody's chiming in with a new letter every turn, so the word changes that it that it's going towards. But the goal is not to finish the word, so you just if you finish the word, you get a point, and you don't want points. Yes, that's nice. a good one. I that's like a, that good one. Yeah. Did, a good game. Now, did you guys ever do the uh, put something in somebody's pack or put something on somebody's <laughs> pack while they're hiking? And yep, we did. Georgie definitely. <laughs> yeah, Georgie's really good at it. I ended oh, up with yeah. rocks in my back backpack one Jeez. day. How many? They, were, oh, just, they weren't small little pebbles. They were like they're pretty, they're, they're pretty big rocks. rocks. Mm-hmm. I was like a it's frog like, boiling in like the water. My back is hurting today. I don't know why. And <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, maybe it's because of this. Yeah. We we've done that. We've done like the safety pin. 
you pin it on the outside of somebody's pack and then who, whoever has is like the loser and then you try to secretly pin it on somebody else's pack. It'd oh, be that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like yeah, we may have to do that one. Yeah. The rocks though. The rocks really suck. Like that's I've brutal. <laughs> yes. My favorite, uh, my favorite of the trail games is, is the spelling B and Henry's the only contestant. <laughs> He, may be the, they can't spell. <laughs> he can't spell so that is a lot of fun i yeah, like that just, one they just tease me about that the whole way they're like spell this word spell this word I can't do it. that's okay bro i can't spell either so, so we, uh go ahead go jeremiah we have this guy that uh we're buddies with and his name is miyagi on the trail he's got a youtube mm-hmm. channel too and he took us, uh, John wasn't on this trip, but uh, we all have, like, we do this YouTube and, you know, a bunch of us hike together on different trips. So there are several people that are all really close friends on this trip. And Miyagi planned the trip and it was through the Smokies and it was down in the bottoms and it ended at Clingman's Dome. And uh, for those that don't know, that's like the highest point on the AT, even though we weren't on the AT on this trip. And he had rocks all in my pack like the last day we got done and i still found like three big pond rocks or like creek rocks in my pack and like the the last nine miles all uphill all uphill to the top of that mountain to cleanman's dome it's like 6500 feet down from just like under a thousand that's the 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 what's oh yeah say it again john no, I was well. I was just saying, is that the same trip where he brought the bell? <laughs> yeah, was we were putting the bell on the back of your backpack. You had to sneak. You had to put a bread tie on like a bell. You know how people have those bear bells? Uh huh. Okay, well, I don't ever take those. But if you have somebody in your group that has one, you take a bread tie and you have to sneak the bell onto the back of their pack while you're walking behind them, and <laughs> you do it while they're moving. There's all kinds of games you can play. Oh, those are really good. <laughs> Here's a great one for you. Midwest Backpack didn't realize Miyagi put a stick in my pack until I watched the video a month later. <laughs> he, was, oh he was on that. <laughs> Don't hike with here's Miyagi. Don't hike with that Miyagi guy. He's tricky. <laughs> That's great. Where was that? Was that hike out of Bryson City on that side? Uh, Miyagi, can you answer in the comments where we started and where we finished? I don't know. That was a, a trip. That's a Fontana. We started at Fontana and did a loop hike up to Clingman's, and that's where we that's where we decided the kids could hike a through hike. Yeah, that right in that same area. It's like forty something miles from Fontana to Clingman's on the AT. I don't know if y'all were on the AT that trip. Not we were doing. We were for a little while. Like, we were. We were. Um, this was back early in the in the days when we were just following little dots on a map. So a few of the trails we took were no longer no longer in existence. So. I got you. He says uh, Smokemont. Hmm, maybe I don't know. So I think it was a campground down there, and we cool. pretty much stayed by the rivers and stuff the whole time. Now so, I have to ask a question because you mentioned something earlier. I want to make sure we don't miss this because. You you caught yourself when you said you said we did. I think you said we did the CDT because we wanted to get the most difficult one, at least that we thought it was going to be the most difficult one out of the way. Because everybody I've talked to says the AT is the most difficult of the three trails, and it's the last one you guys are doing. So uh, is that intimidating at all, or 
you just like whatever we got this. I don't know what to say about that. I think we can do it. I don't know if I mean I, I it's lower elevation, so I feel like even if it's more up and down gain, we can breathe better, so we might be able to do it better, but I don't know. Well, it's, I'd say it depends on who you talk to. Because yeah. the people who did the PCT first of the three say that the PCT was the hardest. And the people who do the AT first of the three mm-hmm. say that the AT yeah. is the hardest. And nobody does the CDT first. So, I don't know. It could just be that they, were, they weren't in hiking shape and that was the first trail they did. I mean, the butt. I mean yeah, that would, that would stink on like up and down, out of shape, you know. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a reasonable theory, but I don't know. I mean, the answer is we don't know. I think it's kind of like you know on these long trails each section has its own challenges each each stretch has their own challenges sounds like the the difficult pieces of the at are going to be the elevation gain and loss and the rain those two things um and we've we've certainly encountered the elevation gain and loss on the cdt at times but the, the cdt has long big you know fast day fast walking days that are long stretches um and so maybe maybe on the whole the AT is a lot harder in terms of the gain and loss, uh, but I don't know I don't I don't know I I will be interested to see uh, about that and and I guess what I would say is that my impression was that the CDT would be the hardest. Uh, a friend of ours said that he thought the CDT was the hardest psychologically that it just beats mm. you to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's true. Yeah, that certainly was our experience. Just that it, you know, it, it, we even we even walked it a we probably walked it two weeks faster than we did, or a week faster, maybe just yeah, we walked it a week faster than the PCT, um, but it was it felt like it was so much harder uh, than yeah, the PCT. So I got two questions for you guys about the AT. Um, one, I know that COVID kind of throws a wrench in this whole thing, just in general. But uh, typically, the AT is very social. So question one is, are you all excited about the more social aspect over on the East Coast? And two, what are you all most excited about for your upcoming through hike? Um, excited about social. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> said he's excited about we haven't no, done. We haven't seen people. Like, we, we did the PCT yeah. southbound. And, and. And everybody walked faster or slower than us, so we didn't see a lot of people. We walked the CDT in, you know, 2020 when nobody was on the CDT. I, th- I think the entire—I don't know how big the entire class was, but it may have been 60 people. I don't know. Wow, wow. something. So yeah, it we was not many. Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more than 100 would be my guess. And so we were we were pretty pretty isolated, and we always walked. We've always walked the wrong direction or the opposite direction. So we're walking past people, not with people for the most part. And so it'll be interesting to be on a trail like that, that where we're going to be around people for the first time, we are going to start a little early. And that partly is to avoid the crowd. Like we want to kind of get out and get a jump on it and get out ahead of people Mm -hmm. and kind of stay ahead of people. But even still, I think it's going to be a lot more social. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I'm kind of curious. I don't know. I kind of liked the solitude of the CDT. Like there were times where it really was just like, this sucks, but most of the time, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Henry, you're awesome. I don't think it'll... I think if we start early like we are, we're, we'll be out ahead of the less fast hikers. So the people we will be with, they'll probably be faster than us or or, or about the same pace, but I don't know if it... 
I don't know if the social will affect will affect our hike much, but I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We don't know. You you may know as much know. as we know yeah. about it. We're just kind of my <laughs> friends. Like everybody's like, "Hey, what are you going to do when you get to so and so?" And we're like, uh, no. "I haven't opened gut hooks yet. I don't really know." <laughs> <laughs> now, are you guys Nobo you or Sobo? We're Nobo. Nobo, yeah. great. You're going to end on Katahdin. Yeah. Yeah. Very That'd cool. Awesome. What is your all's um, potential starting window? We're going to start. We're going to start in like two weeks. Two weeks. Nice. Yeah. So. 13 days or so. Yeah. Nice. So, hey, you have to be uh, really, really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to find out if you guys get a, a zero day on a Monday and see if we can get a live update from the uh from the trail with you guys. Oh man, that'd be fun. I pro- I'm confident fun. that we will because we have a we have <laughs> we'll have a number of zero days. Although we don't tend to zero day, we tend to Nero day. Uh, but yeah. that's been a big consideration, and part of it is connected to uh, the COVID stuff. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to have to hitch into town, and so there's some pretty like this is a fantastic trail for resupply. Uh, looking through it, like there are only three hitches that we have to do, and w- at least one of those will have some people nearby that we'll be able to connect with. So I'm pretty excited about trying to stay off trail for a whole lot of reasons. It's really hard to look at all your kids when you go into town and say, no, you know, you, I've been asking t- 20 plus miles a day out of you, but you can't have a milkshake. No, <laughs> <laughs> it could be a lot cheaper to stay on trail. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So it is now, believe it or not, we are almost an hour into this thing. Like I told you, it was going to happen. Um, what I'd like to do is I noticed on your website that you guys are not just, at least in the past, you haven't just hiked for yourself. You've hiked for causes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want to talk? Because I know from, from talking uh, with you guys here a second ago, you don't really have a lot of social media stuff. But uh, what what are some of the causes that you guys are hiking for? And uh, give you the opportunity to share that for a second. Go ahead, Aiden. I'm hiking for an organization called Samaritan Village. They're based in Orlando, and they are they run a safe house for victims of safe trafficking. Uh, I mean, <laughs> human, tra- tra- human trafficking is what I meant to say. Safe tra- yeah, so they run a safe house and an organization. So I ro- I raised money for like I raised money for someone to stay in the safe house for a year, and then I think another time the the first trail maybe I raised I raised enough money for. I think they redid a they redid a bedroom or something. So I don't know. That that's yeah. mine. Uh, last trip on the CDG, I raised money for Parker Street Ministries. It's based in Lakeland, and um, it's it's kind of based around this neighborhood that's kind of a less uh, kind of a tough neighborhood to be in. And uh, I just raised money for them, and they put it to like just i remember like we did a soccer camp there just to have fun with all the kids and we just worked with them and and they do they fun. do after school programs and they do housing yeah, programs they, and they, they do, do like school jump that's awesome and, yeah yeah it was fun I, I came to the kids at the first trail and i said hey what do you, you guys be fun to while we're doing this it'd be fun to raise money for somebody uh, and I came to him and I was like, what would you want to raise money for more than anything? And Henry said, can I get soccer cleats? And I thought, oh, that's, 
that's cool. You want to do soccer cleats for kids that can't afford it, or maybe down for kids in Nicaragua. He's like, no, I was thinking for me. I <laughs> really what I had in mind, but so we helped turn that vision a little bit toward other yeah. people. But yeah. but they did really well. We did a lot. We did better on the on the first hike than we did on this one, partly because we tied it to miles, so it was kind of fun. You know, it's a lot more. Um, one guy I came back to Lakeland. He looked at me and he he pledged twenty five cents a mile per person on the thing which is a lot of money by the time we're done. And he was like, you know, I was, I was rooting against you. I thought about flying out there and heading you off. (laughs) But I think, you know, people didn't think we were going to make it. So they figured, you know, a bet per mile or, you know, a pledge per mile wouldn't hurt them that bad, but we really went a long way. The trouble with that, and it was really fun, I think, for people. It was very interactive. They could kind of track it per mile. And we had a map linked to our Garmin and all that stuff, which was great when our, when our Instagram had, you know, 200 followers. Uh, but then we were going on the CDT and I was like, oh, that's kind of, it's kind of a remote kind of atmosphere, maybe making our Garmin tracker within two hours, uh, um, available to the public is probably not a great idea walking <laughs> through for, through these areas with kids. So I pulled that away from it. I think it really did hurt. I don't know if it was that or the coronavirus really hurt, the hurt the sort of income on both on those, those drives. The first time we probably raised $40,000, I would bet. Wow. Um, for, for the various causes. That was a lot of fun. And the second time around, it was probably more in the four to $5,000 range. But we're trying to raise some money again um, this time around. But we're just going to keep the same causes in effect and rolling, uh, rolling through. So Aiden is, like she said, Samaritan Village. Henry is Parker Street Ministries. Georgie raise, raises money for a place. She was really sweet. I said, what do you want to raise money for? And she said, I want to raise money for um, women who need help, who've gotten pregnant. I want to raise money for this. I want to raise money for that. And I was like, well, you, you have a lot of great ideas, kid. You know, what, what would, is there anything that ties that all together? And she's like, maybe Jesus, like, could I raise money for something where people get taught about Jesus? And I was like, that is the coolest thing. So I, I had gone to seminary in Orlando and, and one of my probably favorite professors there runs a, 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 he does a ministry that's seminary education for life or, or for the world for free. And so he provides this similar seminary le- level education. And so she raised money for his ministry, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and June loves horses. So she raised money for a, a camp, a horse program at a camp that she really loves. Uh, and they have a lot of need in that area. So we don't know, we don't know what it'll look like. I'm, everybody's going to stick with the same causes and then uh, let's see what else. Oh, we have um, we have a couple special guests coming with us on this hike uh, that are sort of a last minute ad and out of the blue. These two kids that are friends of ours or friends of the families, and they're involved with a um, local outreach group that um, helps uh, helps to get kids outdoors that are um, kids without fathers. And oh, these wow. two boys, these two boys don't have a dad, and they've been really blessed by that outreach they've really experienced the benefit of that and so they are i it's possible i don't know i'm I'm speaking way ahead of turn but basically they sort of are mumbling around and thinking about what they want to raise money for and that might be one of the things so i I don't know jeff shills i'm sorry if they decide for something else uh then you know but i I don't know i mean i'm sorry to get your hopes up but but that's one of the things that I, i know those boys are considering um so we now, don't how, know. how old is Georgie? So everybody knows because people have never heard of you guys or finding out about you for the first time. How old is Georgie? 
Joey's 13. She, when she Four finished, are you serious? <laughs> I'm Never. a dad of the year, Dan. <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, Georgie's 14. She was 11 when we completed the, the PCT. So, wow, wow, yep. that that's amazing. So, if, um, where is the best place for a couple of things? One, if people want to uh, help out with the causes that you all are working with, where can they go to support that? And then how can they follow along with your all's journey as you're completing your triple crown? Oh, cool. Well, I'll, get, I'll give you the rundown. The rundown is, is essentially strawbridgetrex.com is great for information about the ministries. It's probably very okay about finding out about the stuff that we've done and who we are and all that kind of thing. Um, but right there on the front page, as you scroll down on strawbridgetrex.com, you can find that information and it'd be great. I think you can pledge right through, right through those, um, right through the, um, links there on the page can find out about what the kids are raising money for. Um, in terms of following along on our trip, I write a daily blog post and I write that to, to Instagram and then, and then repost it out to Facebook. So I kind of do a daily summary sort of deal. And we've got an idea for YouTube that we finally think we can manage because what I do is come home and tool about for about three or four months and put together things. And then it maybe comes out. And by that time, people are not interested anymore. <laughs> but this time, what we're going to do is I've got an intro and I got an outro set up and I got music. And I'm training my mother, which is one of the most comical experiences you can imagine. <laughs> In fact, if you go, which one is it? One of our one of our daily videos that's up right now. If you scroll through there, I think it's T minus twenty two day T minus twenty two is my mother trying to learn how to do do some of this stuff, and it is the funniest thing. But uh, but but I'm gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna just start the camera rolling when we start the water boiling. And so we'll just pick a topic. We'll do something like that every day and sort of just invite people into a little window of time on trail each day. And so that's the plan to have sort of a daily vlog on YouTube. Um, and since we're never going to be fantastic and clever editors, we're just going to sort of invite people into a few minutes each day into the good, the bad and the ugly, which is sort of that's our style. And then if people happen to want more of the insider sort of stuff, there's a little bit more we have going on at Patreon where we'll actually roll some audio tape and talk a little longer. And Georgie takes a lot of pictures. She has a really nice camera and we post those to, through, to and through the Patreon um, account. Yeah, we use them on Instagram, but you get a little bit more on the Patreon. And she does a trip report or a section report there. So that's kind of the different. Those are the various ways to find us throughout this trip that's, that's an awesome idea man. the as the water boils i like that yeah i was gonna use that you know that as the world turns intro i was like man i should totally use that and then i thought that'll be lost on everyone no one's gonna get <laughs> that's awesome so. well thank you guys so much for being here and and being on this tonight uh it's been a lot of fun hearing about your stories we're excited to see what happens over the next year with you guys uh i'm curious after you get done with the triple crown what's next because uh, well i can tell it you it seems like and this gets to be a bug that you can't cancel can we you can tell them yeah we're, we're probably gonna finish school before we do any oh, yeah. other big hikes i thought you were going to tell him what you told me you're being what? nice he's being nice he said you? we're retired we're not doing <laughs> another <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. I'm going to college. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> <Y'all later. laughs> well, thank you guys for being on here. We're gonna we're gonna get signed off in a second, but hang out in the green room. We're gonna come back talk to you in a few minutes. So, uh, but thank you so much for being on tonight. This was awesome. Oh. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Jeremiah just never stops being fun. I know it's it's always. Never that was that was very unique, very interesting. Um, you never hear of whole families that are through hockey together. No, you just never hear of it. And uh, the fact that they get along so well, yeah. you know, like like we tried to get them to admit that they like fight and beat up on each other, but they're just like, no, we don't really do that that like, much. So we got no choice but to just forgive each other. They're going to be here the next day and the next hundred yeah. days. Great outlook, man. Great outlook on everything. So uh, real quick, just a reminder to everybody who's watching, uh, starting in June, these live streams will only be on the Backpacking Podcast YouTube channel. So make sure you get subscribed to that so that you're getting these videos there. Right now, it's obviously on mine and Jeremiah's channels, which can be a little confusing for people commenting because you're not seeing everybody's comments because some are coming from Jeremiah's channel, some are coming Mm -hmm. from mine. Uh, but moving forward, starting in June, all of these are going to be on the Backpacking Podcast channel. Also, all of our live streams, all of our podcasts, we actually put those on the YouTube channel. So we just actually interviewed Heather Onish Anderson this mm-hmm. past week, and uh, that's going to be going on real soon. Uh, that's going to be an audio podcast that comes out. Is that this Wednesday, Jeremiah? Uh, it actually will come out on the 24th. So the we got 24th. For those that uh, haven't got to listen to the Andrew Skirka podcast that we had him on, which is awesome, that yes. will be Wednesday, the 17th. And then next week, hopefully everybody will join us for the live stream again next week. We're going to have Chris Smead on, um, who played a huge role in a number of different uh, pieces of content, but one of the most notable is Highline. Yes. Yes, we're excited to have him on here and uh, talk to him about that and maybe some future projects they might be working on. So uh, so thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Jeremiah, you feeling good? <laughs> I'm going to hunker down in this ice storm, see how it goes. <laughs> we kept power the whole time. So Somehow. It's, a win. it's a win all around, right? Amen, so, brother. All right. Well, we will see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next go-around. Adios. Adios.